I had this uh, amazing thing happen this week. Did you? Because you know it was the giant rollover <laughs> on Euro Millions. Did you hear about this? Yeah, someone's won it. 179 million pounds or something. Yeah, 169 nice. million. I thought I'd be handy, wouldn't it? I would. I could do that. So yeah. I bought a ticket. Oh, man. And do you know what? I won. <laughs> I won the lottery. I had a winning ticket. Did you? Yeah. How much did you win? £11.40. Did you? <laughs> yeah. I, I just want you to know, Joe, it's not going to change me. No, d- don't let it change you. No, uh, I'll, I'll invest it wisely. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> Should we get on with this? Because apparently I still have to. I can't retire. (laughs) It's a shame. That's what happens when you don't let it change your life. Welcome, everybody, to episode 88 of the Mid-Faith Crisis. My name is... uh, My name's Nick Page. Yeah. I'm with another person whose name is Joe Davis. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Very slick. (laughs) Yeah. The home of slickness. There you go. (laughs) How are you? (laughs) I've not been very well. What? Been a bit under the weather. Nothing too bad. The kind of stuff where you can sort of lie in bed and read. So it's my favourite kind of illness, really. Yeah. You yeah. are getting quite old, though, now, aren't you? Thank you, yes. No, I'm just saying. Have you well, uh, have you made a funeral plan? <laughs> <laughs> I think I might leave a video, you know, to, for, to be played at my funeral. I quite like that idea. Yeah, I know. That's, that's, that's uh, going to happen. And can, uh, can while we're talking about that, actually, can I book you? Yeah, of course you can. Uh, mate's rates, I assume. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll knock a quid off for you. <laughs> <laughs> I might knock £11.40 off. <laughs> oh good okay well that's that sorted anyway so yeah i feel yes, like i can decline uh confidently now yeah yes. but apart from that i've been all right yeah lots of car- long car journeys and why why long car journey oh because of daughters and university. daughter going back to durham then i was doing some speaking uh where was i speaking hampshire at the weekend yeah do you know so, you do speak a lot don't you it, yeah i know it's shutting me up. That's the trick. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, I, ha- I haven't done that so much this year. But uh, talking of which, uh, we'll be uh, chattering on next year, won't we, uh, Lee Abbey? Yeah, yeah, we so will. We to yes, remind people about that. Yeah. Uh, did we say the eighth to the twelfth of June? I believe. Book did we? Now I think so. Yeah. Anyway, we'd love to see you there. It's going to be. Sounds about right. It's going to be three. Point five four five <laughs> glorious day. However long it is. No, From a Monday no, night it's... to a Friday morning anyway. That. Yes, and, but it always seems longer when we're doing <laughs> it, I feel. People often say that when I've been speaking. They do, yeah. yeah. They say that was great value for money. <laughs> um, uh, yes, yeah, so we're doing that. And uh, we're looking at other possibilities as well. Um, and uh, I'm doing a week at the Abbey in March as well. So anyway, there we go. That's Good. speaking. And Dave Tomlinson and Enneagram. Oh, this. yeah. Do you want to talk about yeah, that? There's two tickets left, I think. Uh, so that's uh, this coming Saturday, which will be the 19th of October. Um, Splendid. And yeah, it'd be great. I mean, as we can take up to 50 people, it'd be great to get the full 50. So That's brilliant. If you're I'm thinking so about coming, about yeah, no, it's you. terrific. That's great. Yeah, yeah, it is terrific. Yeah. Um, okay, so... Uh, what and, else? and you, how have you been? Oh, I've been very well. 
Yes, very well. We've been celebrating Rachel's birthday for what feels like a week, but it's yes, been a few days. Now, so. that, I just want to talk to you about that because we were due to record last night and you said I can't record because it's Rachel's birthday and I just wonder about priorities here. Well, you know, there were certain duties that needed performing, so that took <laughs> we the day didn't out. go into that, but no, I mean, we did. We, we, you know, I thought I was first in your life. I just <laughs> a bit, well, know, in a, a manner of speaking, just no. <laughs> <laughs> no. OK, fair enough. And uh, what enough. else? Well, I went to see The Joker. Oh, The Joker. Hmm. That was a truly horrible experience. Was it? it? I'm sure it's a good film. And, you know, I'm sure Joachim Phoenix, or whatever you say his name. Joachim. <laughs> Joachim. Joe Aquim to you and I, but Joachim. Um, I'm sure he's very good. He was very good. But, uh, man, that film is just dark and depressing and yeah. violent and generally yeah. horrid. Yes. So that's my opinion of that one. Yeah, I'm not sure. I've not seen it. I don't know if I will see it. It's and, uh, not a film to go and cheer yourself up it. with. And yeah, I'm no. su- I'm supremely hypocritical because I say like I really hated the violence in it, but you know, I I like John Wick three. I thought that was beautiful. Um, so there you are. There's. But it's different, isn't it? It's it's in kind there. of like there's a difference between sort of almost cartoonish balletic violence and exactly. And th- it's the grimness of it, and then it's yeah. sort of nihilism. That's exactly right. It was um, very graphic and very horrid. Um, I mean, one of the yeah. reasons I stopped collecting comics, you know, I was read comics, but one of the reasons was that the hero worship of pe- villains like the Joker and their mm. psychotic nature mm. was, I felt, actually quite wrong and disturbing oh, and not helpful at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, there we go. Yeah. Uh, I would interested to know what anyone else thought of that, actually, because maybe okay. I missed the point. Maybe it is as brilliant as many people are saying, but I just I couldn't mm. get over how horrid it was. <laughs> no, no. Well, I don't. You there don't we go. Do yeah. Uh, right. Anyway. So, so I suppose we should pick up. Really, is there anything else to talk about before we get? Well, should we just leap straight in and try oh, well, and make this a I moderately want, shortish? Episode? I want to leap in for a short podcast because uh, listeners may remember that last week I said, "Oh, I prepared something way too long," and we sort of mm. hacked it about. And also, we never know really what's going to happen when we switch the microphones on and get going. We have this sort of running order, but we have a conversation and we miss bits mm. out and we add bits in. You know, that's that's how we've chosen to do it. But it does mean that sometimes it just gets a little verbose and, you know, a bit longer than it should be. So let's try and keep it snappy and tight. Pith. Yeah, pith. Pithy. Pithy. We, we are We're back nothing. on that. We're if nothing. not pithy. <laughs> we are, we are. <laughs> if a joke's worth doing, it's, it's worth doing. doing over many, many episodes. That's what <laughs> I think. So, so last <laughs> week, we were sort of generally talking about the conflicts in society yeah. and just, you know, how, you know, the divisions in society are leading to conflict. And it's just like, how do you deal with all this kind of stuff? That's what we were trying to talk about last week. But we thought we'd bring it home a bit bit more this week and talk about well what what about conflicts in the church especially as that relates to mid-faith crisis and Mm. as so many of uh, our our listeners have said you know they don't really have a safe place to explore and you know we get lovely emails about thanks you've made me realize I'm not crazy or I'm not the only one Mm. or all the rest of it so how do we deal with factions and church splits and divisions and angry people and people telling us to be quiet and all the rest of it because it is on the face of it a glorious part of our church history (laughs) it's uh... (laughs) It's one of Jesus. One of the prayers of Jesus that didn't get answered. When people talk about prayers yeah. answered, like, you can point to two two prayers of Jesus that weren't answered. One was, you know, take this cup from me, uh, 
uh, and the other was uh, I pray that it will be one as you and I are one. Yeah. And, uh, well, that didn't last tremendously long. <laughs> that hasn't gone well. Yes. So the challenge constantly in history has been, is it okay even to disagree yeah, with the church exactly. on doctrine? I know. Is it acceptable? The, the history of the church is largely yeah. about this. It and is. About the, about the inability to actually live with differing opinions, really. It's true. And, and I always think, well, you know, as a starting place on that whole thing, hmm it's not always what you believe it's the way that you believe it there's a way of believing things that is quite humble and can remain loving and respectful and caring mm. and there's a way of believing in stuff where you believe that everyone else is an idiot and you know everything's rubbish except your way of, and, and and you hold your beliefs in such a way that you're not likely to convince many people so i always mm. think you know when you're when you're going through questioning times, start with the end in mind. And if you're wanting to follow Jesus, and you know, presumably that's why we're having a podcast, because we're not wanting to chuck out faith. We're wanting to hang on to it, but we're wanting to question it. You know, start with the end in mind. And the end in mind is surely becoming more like Jesus, isn't it? I mean, isn't that what we're about? As Can we agree well, I on think, that? I think it is for us, isn't it? It is for certain yeah. people. I think, I think that when I think about why do people get so angry about what you believe or they want to change what you believe and I think for some people not I don't meet many of them nowadays but for some people it's because they believe that you're you're going astray yeah you know and the end for them is perhaps not Christ-like behavior but being saved it's about going to heaven yes ultimately yes after you die yeah and I think that's a really difficult one for, for I find to to uh yeah. deal with i sort of try and remind myself that that's that you know at their best that's the motivation for what's happening there is that they are they're genuinely worried about me yes um and then worried this... that you might then take other people with you to hell yes if you speak your yes. truth out because because you're corrupt you know i'm too. so i'm so influential in the <laughs> yeah exactly Christian world uh, but you know I don't, so i do think there's a kind of motive there and you have to always stop and think well why is somebody sort of arguing with me like this why what is it yeah. there that and really... there are there are good ways to stop arguments um and and oftentimes people don't want to know your perspective they just want to to reinforce their own yes so, uh, brian yes. mclaren gave us a good tip once um he says you know when someone is you know spouting off in their way you know sometimes the best reaction is wow i see things so differently and just <laughs> leave it at that and that's actually quite respectful yeah, yeah. It's not yeah. even offering your truth. You're not casting no. your pearls before anything. You're just saying, "Hey, I wow, I just see things so differently." No. Well, we've talked we've talked about this a lot, haven't we, in terms of how do you disagree? I think going right back to the beginning, it was one of the subjects of the very earliest ones yeah. where, where I was talking about yeah. how on earth do I deal with people who come up afterwards and want to correct me? <laughs> and, and and I've learned really that you can't do that. And that's not, you know, in it, it, it that's not going to happen. I I do try now and think Okay, what's the real issue here? What are we really talking about? And I want to find out why that's really important to them. But oftentimes, isn't it? I mean, there's there's sort of you know the word is faith, Christian faith, not Christian mm. certainty. So there's mm. there's sort of in this in this thing we talk about faith, you know, isn't the whole idea of it is that it requires a certain amount of trust and belief, and those beliefs evolve and change and everything, and they're not always going to be the same because we're going to see things 
differently. I mean, I, I, I just think that dualism, someone in that conversation of conflict has to be the bigger person and say, do you know what? It's not just about who's right and who's wrong. Yes, yes. Yeah, I think we've got to move yeah. past that, that everyone has a bit of, I and mean, this is what we were saying last week on the Brexit thing, they're really valid arguments on both yes. sides of the yes. coin. That, that doesn't make me popular to say that with those that want to be haters. Uh, they can't see any good or any valid arguments in the opposing view. And isn't it funny how... Well, there's two things I want to raise here. One is uh, to continue the new tradition of quoting female pop stars. Yeah. Uh, as you. Toya Wilcox said, it's a mystery. It's a mystery. And she did. <laughs> and the other thing is how often, though, in different groups... The way they name themselves implicitly yes. criticise. And, and, and this is something I struggle with here, where we talk about progressive yeah, exactly. Christianity. Therefore, the if, other people aren't progressive. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're regressive or they're just stuck in the mud or something. Or we yeah. talk about, um, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, even liberal and conservative. I don't think those, I don't really know how you do that. Sometimes I think maybe it would be better if we just defined ourselves by shapes. <laughs> you know, I'm like I'm a round Christian. You're a, you're an oblong or yeah. something like that. Or so, oh, colours. I, I dare say they'd be yeah. weaponised as well. But I used to yeah. do. You know, I, there yeah. used to be lots of groups, particularly over uh, issues of sort of same sex and things like that in the Anglican Church, and they they, they name themselves in a kind of way to weaponise. You know, yeah. the name. So there's a group, for example, called Thinking Anglicans. Yes, <laughs> you mentioned that. Which is yeah. great. Which is like so the rest oh, of yeah. them. Stupid, yeah. or <laughs> yeah, exactly. or you know, Anglican mainstream. So the rest of you are out on a limb. You know, yeah. all these kind of stuff. You know, and even even when you go through towns, you see churches. Yeah, you know, you know, in America, there's I think there's a church called the Church of Christ, isn't yeah. it? Well, like, it, and and in England, in fact. Right. So what are the rest what are the others of then? <laughs> what <am I>? yeah. <laughs> you know. We've, we talked about it as well, didn't we, before? Yeah. You, you talk about yourself as, um, as in terms of what you're against the whole yeah. time or uh, rather than being positive. About it. It's very hard to, to do that. It anyway. is. It is hard. But I so so with that in mind, let's can we talk about paradigms? So we could talk about paradigms if you want to talk about paradigms. So paradigm, Explain paradigm to me. Well, paradigm is a whole way, a whole different way of seeing things, of seeing the whole. Uh, it's it, it's basically a comprehensively different way of seeing things. And so a lot of what I see going on in mid-faith crisis is you've got this, you know, paradigm that we know and we understand. And it's it's based around creeds and doctrine and Christian exclusivism and believing the right way. And a lot of it has to do with going to heaven after you die. And, you know, there's that whole thing. But there's an emerging paradigm, and I'm trying to do this without like making it seem superior. Like mm. the old paradigm is rubbish, but the emerging paradigm, that's the mm. right. No, they're different ways of seeing. And I think we're living in this interesting stage at the moment where you've got this conflict between two paradigms. So a, a good way of explaining this, and I'm indebted to the book that we're reading in Soul Place at the moment about this, because we've just been looking about it, is it's astronomy. So you had the Ptolemaic uh, paradigm, uh, of of the solar system so in in the you know the earth is the center and the sun goes around the earth and the planets do these strange movements and the universe goes is around the solar system but we essentially are the center and then this you know young upstart called nicholas copernicus dared to suggest 
that rather than Earth being the centre, maybe the Sun is the centre of our solar system. And maybe the Earth goes round because to him that made a lot more sense of the movement of the planets. And now, of course, that's become mainstream and that's that's how we understand it. Although that's a very literal thing. And actually, you can say Copernicus is right and Ptolemy, he was wrong. I don't think it's the same in the emerging Christian paradigm so much. I think we're just looking at things. We're looking at the stars, if you like, and the solar system, the moon. Only in our case, we're looking at Jesus, God, the Bible, the church. And we're, we're looking at the same things as people in the old paradigm, but we're now looking at them in a whole different way. And so we're living in the sort of tension of that, of that paradigm, I think. OK, let me ask you a few questions about that, because yeah. I think the analogy for me doesn't quite work simply because the the Copernican uh, shift was scientifically provable. And it's yes. not really about a, a, a yeah. faith in that matter. And, Which and is why it's, it's not, not the quite same. the same thing. Yeah. No, Equally, I, I just wonder whether uh, what... Uh, there are lots of paradigm shifts happening all the time. Mm. But what I wonder whether what's happening in our world is an, a number of them. Um, firstly, I, theology always develops. Anyway, there's always shifts going on. Yeah, yeah. there's always stuff I going agree. on. I know there must, you know, this conversation would be the same if we were having it in sort of Wesleyan Methodism, yeah, and saying, yeah, oh, you know, we're would. in a new paradigm shift. Yeah, yeah, verily, forsooth. Yeah, they would say it in that that way. Um, or and so I, I think in some ways in faith, quite often we think we're discovering something new, but actually we're rediscovering. Yeah. Some I, things that I, have been I, gone on before. I would, I would not so disagree with you. Part of the big paradigm shift, I think, in, in evangelicalism, for example, is discovering ancient traditions and spiritual formation. Yes, and, yeah. Uh, and these are not, in fact, new things, although they might be expressed in a new way. I think one of the big um, shifts that has happened is is the movement of the Western worldview away from God. You know, towards uh, a much more avowed and obvious atheism. Um, and uh, maybe, and, and I therefore, well, I'm I'm presenting this as a yeah as a hypothesis. Is yes, it? Mm, easy um, for you to say, as we say. Mm. Um, and so, if in that case, is is there a danger that the new paradigm is actually just about accommodating Christianity much more to the prevailing scepticism? Uh, yes and no. Uh, yes, if you're saying, does culture drive the new paradigm? Yeah, I'm a, yeah, it does. Yeah, culture it does. always has driven. Always things. drives theology. But like yeah. in terms of, so for example, you know, that if, if we go back to whenever the Crusades were, you'll have a much more accurate uh, picture of when that was than I. Yeah. But, you know, whenever the Crusades were, you know, we, were, we had the truth. We Christians in the West, we knew... Uh, what truth was and so it was our job to go and spread that truth well now we mm. live in you know a, a pluralistic society you know our our muslim brothers and sisters aren't aren't people who live in a foreign country in ignorance they're our neighbors and they're our friends mm. and they're our work colleagues and so that has opened up questions about christian exclusivism mm. and about other faiths and everything in a way that i don't think if we still lived in a very monocultural society, we perhaps wouldn't mm. because we just mm. know they were wrong and they live somewhere else and they can't defend themselves anyway. Yeah. 
Because we're so that's here. The, that's the yes bit. What was the no bit in which it? it well, the no atheist? bit is I. Do you know what what we do share with you know Muslims to take an example is monotheism. So it's not mm. atheism. Mm. It, it, it. I mean, I'm not denying that there is a loud atheistic voice, though many of those who who, as as we know, many of the people who sort of are, are sort of, uh, the speakers of that voice are are setting up a straw god just to knock it down. You know, they think mm. God is an old man with a beard in the sky who can cure people of cancer but doesn't. And so I'm here to tell you what a load of old rubbish that is mm. and why we don't believe in God. Well, hey-ho, well done you. You know, there's not <laughs> many of us in the church who think of God that way, but yeah. God bless you for, you know, pointing that out. The leading obvious. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's what I'm kind of thinking about. Is well, the in this sense, sort of the paradigm shift is it not? It's accommodating yeah. some other ways of of looking at the world, like you know, it's it, or it's certainly affected by you know our view of church and all this yeah, kind of thing, and our exactly. view of what the Bible is and all. This oh, kind definitely. Of stuff. So the old, I mean, let's just say this: the old paradigm viewed the Bible as like a divine product. It had divine authority. Its interpretation was literal and factual. You know, and it was the revelation of doctrine and morals and the Christian life was the em- emphasis was on the afterlife and what to believe in order to be saved. Mm. And we all felt very comfortable in that paradigm at one point. But as you start to question those things, you know, the emerging paradigm is and I think your book, well, I don't know how far you go with this, but, it, it, you know, is that the Bible is a human response to God rather than God dictating his views to mankind. And its interpretation is a, is historical and metaphorical. And its Christian emphasis isn't so much on the afterlife, but it's on transformation in this life mm. through relationship with God. So that those are those are big, big differences there. But I'm not saying the old one's all rubbish and therefore has no validity. I'm just saying this is where the emerging paradigm seems to be going. Well, again, I think my issue, my only issue with that is, I don't think this is new stuff. A lot of what I've said in the Bible book isn't particularly new. It's it might be expressed. No, you've in a just new way. ripped it off. I have and really made money it. from it. No, you know I could find you lots of people who read the Bible in that way, going back uh, really to the fifth century. Yeah. So yeah. that's my only question. I think about the paradigm thing. It's not that not, not that it's not there. It's just that we should be careful of sort of saying, "Oh, look at us." We've discovered something new. Oh, again. Do you know I mean, what I mean? Annoyingly, I agree with you because I <laughs> think that's exactly. And I think that in the tradition I grew up in, I was presented with what I assumed was Christian orthodoxy, mm. only to later discover this has only been orthodoxy for a yes. couple of hundred years. Yes. There are many different ways of thinking about the atonement, and they've been around a lot longer. So maybe instead of a new paradigm, we're talking about a renewed paradigm. Yeah, maybe we we're should. We're talking about something a rediscovered paradigm or other things. I don't know. Maybe there's other ways of, of, of uh, Yeah, I, I think they're probably... Certainly to set it up as here's the old paradigm and it's a load of rubbish and here's mm. the new trendy way of thinking about life that encompasses more science and we got it right and, and you are idiots is the most unhelpful way and i have heard it framed like that and i yeah. I, I sort of despair I refer you back to where we started you know if the end goal is to become like christ calling people idiots and fools and you know rubbishing their views is not the kind way forward at all no i should remember that really <laughs> yes why don't I you feel, get that i feel rebuked <laughs>
<laughs> so listen, we should we should sort of bring this back to the conflict thing. I think. Yes. Okay. Let's um, do that. You got so you've got new beliefs. You've got fresh beliefs. You've got yeah. a different way of thinking. Yeah. And you're in a place which is not in that way of thinking. Yes. How do you deal with that? Do you stay yeah. in that place? Do uh, you go? What? What do you? Should I question. stay or should I go? Oh no, they well, won't. That's another prof- we, prophetic band. Nah, but they clash. We can't quote them. They were men. Oh, uh, but weren't they Kansas City prophets or something? <laughs> <laughs> Joe Strummer sounds like an evangelist. Certainly in a tent somewhere. <laughs> um, how do we live with that? I. The thing is. Like, I am able to listen to someone who is very set and rigid in their beliefs, and I'm able Mm. to look at them and go, do you know what, you believe that, I don't believe that. But, Mm. you know, if you need certainty at this stage of your life, for all kinds of reasons, um, it's not helpful for me to spout off on, you know, what I'm discovering. So, but others, others and they might think, no, I've got to convert Joe back. Yeah. Because he is the lost son, he's the prodigal, he's gone away, and we've got to get him back into the fold. And eventually, that does wear you out, where people can't accept that you just have different views. Yeah. So there there may come a point where you've got to leave. But I think there is something, and, and you mentioned it in the in the Jesus prayer, about unity. There's something about sticking and loving people who are not like you that is actually mm. very good for you. Mm. Why are you mm. laughing? No, I'm just thinking, actually, that I remember a conversation Disconcerting. a long time ago uh, during your, your the period of your troubles. As yes, were. as it's known. And somebody, I can't remember who was, had exactly that thing. They said, oh, you know, we've got to we've got to do yeah. something about Joe. We've lost him. They said <laughs> yeah. it to me. And I said, well, I, well, I haven't lost him. And I said, I wish I could. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, there was that thing. Oh, yeah. that, and, and, and that, I suppose, comes back to what I was trying to say at the beginning or earlier on that, yeah. you know, there wasn't a bad thing. They were no. really concerned yes. about you. Yeah. And and I think people have said that about me as well. Yeah. People have said, you know, I think you've really lost your way with this book or something, but, you know, about the Bible <laughs> book or whatever. <laughs> the Bible. You've really, oh, you know, they're worried about me becoming unorthodox kind of thing. <laughs> Um, but I, I always think the thing is most of us are. This is the other thing. This is one of the things. One of the things that keeps me in the community is to is to really think. Actually, most of us believe a lot of heterodox things. We believe all kinds of stuff. And also, what people say isn't always what they believe anyway, or what they no, be- they true. say they believe isn't how they act. And you know, like you know, I think drinking too much is a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. Moving on. <laughs> there are diverse ways of being. A Christian. There's a, you know, there's a second century Syrian way of being a Christian. I'm sure there's an eighth century Irish way or 12th century Eastern Orthodox way or Lutheran way. There's a 21st century Hillsong way of being a Christian, which is the right way to be a Christian. Hopefully, if we've got, you know, some degree of graciousness about us, we'd say, well, they they all have their place. And yet Mm. they would believe vastly different things and they would practice vastly different ways of expressing their faith the point is there is no single right way of understanding christian and there's no single right way of being a christian how about that for a statement yeah okay i mean that opens a whole um i think i I can see where you're going with this i I, it kind of sometimes draws around to the uh, thing we had quite a while about when we talked about creeds Mm. and things like that about saying well there's got to be something what is it that makes 
That's you know what are the non-negotiables? What what is it that makes somebody Christian? Yeah, there, there has to be I think something there. But what you're talking about here is the expression yes. of that something. Yes, exactly. And and mostly we do get very hung up on that. Yeah, but it's difficult to go back to your question. I mean, you know, I want to. I am unashamedly trying to follow Jesus. I can't even say I am following Jesus because I'm aware of how woefully badly I do it. But I'm trying to follow Jesus. But I accept that there are many different ways of following Jesus. So this is why I quite like the sort of historic creeds in a way. Uh, Rowan Williams, I think it was, who said the the creeds take us to the edge of mystery. So they just take us as far as they can, and then after that, it all becomes a bit mysterious. And creeds don't really tell you anything about the the <laughs> me- mechanics of yeah, it at all. No, exactly right. So I'm quite happy with that, really. But it does seem to me it causes you to think that like, if you're someone who needs a lot of certainty, yes. you're obviously going to be much happier in a conservative church that can really give you clear doctrine yes. the bible yes. says this there's no yes. uh, there's no debate about this the bible is very clear you're going to love that stuff and it's going to hold you and contain you and you could probably rise and become quite a good leader in that sort of church and you can tell others what certainty yes. is yes. but if you're going through a place where you're questioning that church probably isn't going to give you the space to do yes. that it's just going to tell you where you're wrong and why what you believe is heresy so I think I'd say a, few, a couple of things here. I'd say one is a lot of it's about self, self-knowledge self and honesty. Yes, it is. So it's about, by all means, you know, be certain about what you're certain, but also admit the bits where you're not certain mm. and and be honest enough to admit that there are, um, yeah. you know, there are, you know, you, 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 there might be bits where you no longer sort of hold to or, mm. you know, look for the bits where there is movement, where you can move mm. towards other people. Yes. It's always going to be non-negotiable. Good idea. It's going to be some things that we can't cope with. But I try and look for the bits where I can engage, engage with that. So what, whatever I can engage with in another tradition, I think it's always good to look for that. Yes. You know? I, um, yes. And and that is a that's the place of maturity I think we need to get to in mid-faith crisis. So I heard this story the other day about someone who was having a bit of trouble with a neighbour and the neighbour parked irresponsibly and it really upset them. So they prayed about that the car would move and the following day the car had moved and they gave thanks to God that the car had moved. You know, I heard that story and sort of, you know, in my mind goes this, wow, imagine thinking that. (laughs) Imagine thinking God moves your neighbour's car because it's irritating you a bit, but Mm. he ignores the pleas of those with dying children. You know, you know, that whole little narrative. Of course, of course, this is not the time to say to that person, Hey, do you know what a daft idea you've got about prayer? Or, you know, <laughs> there is nothing kind or gracious or Christ-like, that sort of thing. And in a funny way, I sort of envy them, that lovely, that lovely simple faith that just says God's going to take care of the things that bug me. I mean, there's some what's not good about that in mm. some ways. So, so, you know, you can alienate yeah. yourself from people or you can draw towards them. And go, yeah. isn't that great? I'm so glad yeah. that situation yeah. resided. I don't agree with their ideas. God, yeah, there's mm. something to be thankful for. That's mm. great. And, and, and so I think that probably at one point in my journey, I would have got all heated. I'd have probably said something inappropriate or, you know, sly yes. or snide yeah. or, you know, yeah. it just showed I sort of somehow had a superior view to them. Now, I don't think I've got a superior view to anyone. I've just got a different view. Well, that's the other thing. It's the humility. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> isn't it the because the, humi- the, yeah. the humility bit says also well actually how do you know yeah that god didn't speak to that neighbor yeah. and say move your car exactly. you don't know that for sure 
can't. The, I can't. Yes. Of course I can't. So the humidity side says, okay, we're just, that's great. Yes, indeed. Well, so there we go. So if, I don't think we've helped anyone with how no. to deal with conflict in the church or whether they should leave or whether they should stay. But I hope they can all become a bit more gracious. Be the better person in well, conflict. Well, I think if only everyone was as humble as us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what Partic- I tend to and think. And particularly me. <laughs> yeah, I've worked well. I don't know about there that. There is one thing I am good at, is humility. Yeah, it is, yeah. You're brilliant at it. Not, yeah, not my standard, but it's okay. And uh, we, uh, we do care about these things. And, you know, mm. again, I I thank the listeners for sending in emails about the, the podcast and things, because I, I do know this is a really tough time when you're questioning and you're at conflict and the people with the greatest will in the world think you're lost and all the rest of it. They don't see it as a growing into a new kind of faith. They see it as a, a leaving and, and possibly ending with you in hell. It's difficult. Mm. Mm. That's really difficult. Well, um, thank you for listening. We should uh, we should wrap this up. See, thank you very much for listening, everybody, and we'll see you in a, in a week's time. See you. Bye. <laughs>